0: Ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Shredge. It's Stone. And once again, once a year, we roll into our awards show. Yes, I know some of you guys are out there watching that glowing globes, you know what I'm saying, on the the edge of your seats, you know what I'm saying, thinking you were done for 2022 music recaps, but no, there's one more, one more that we do late intentionally. To sit there and really sit sit with the ancestors and recap and mentally just see what happened in the year, but also because we are on CP time. You know what,
1: though? There are people who put out their recaps like early December. Bruh, I saw one in November. I used yeah. stare
0: stereo gum in November. Fuck. I'm you. like,
1: come <laughs> on, fam. <laughs> 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 Don't get mad at us for doing ours in January, get mad at the people like doing like October.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody likes a fucking teacher's pet. You know what I'm saying? You can't have no real hot takes. Mad Adams came out in November, no December, bro. Come on, get out of here. You got the law, Come on, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> oh man, but we, yeah, we're we're back, man. We're back with this. Uh... You know, we're back with this wrap up list. The only one that matters like like really truly like i mean the stereo gum one i was like who are the uh, half of these artists?
0: yeah i mean look this is well researched we have interns running around you know what i'm saying using using the highest levels of calculations excel spreadsheets everywhere right now regent stone offices covered in printouts you know what i'm saying just doing the work
1: you know what's so funny it's just, it's basically just chat gpt they generate the list for us. But we we have the the printouts just so we can act like we're doing work. <laughs> you know, work all smarter, did, not I, harder.
0: All I said was dope music for the dudes. And then that that's that was my list. For the heads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, let's get started. We're actually gonna break this up in a few different ways, y'all. So we're not gonna do like your standard top ten, because that's that's out for twenty twenty three. Everybody's doing that. Pitchfork, stereo gum. We don't do that. Let's talk about the albums that we like together. Also, yes. no particular order. You know that what? No
0: particular order. Ordering is a white man concept. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Taken back from the slavery era. You know what I'm saying? It's just the idea of we're judging people, people's worth by numbers. Is that what we're doing? No. We're hating on a more eloquent personal level.
1: Exactly. <laughs> As opposed to
0: arbitrary number numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, y'all. So, so let, let's get started. Um, I, I'll kick it off with, with our joint albums. Uh, we have four. And uh, let's kick it off with the queen. The this queen, king, prince, choice. princess, all very of them. Very hard choice. The royal the only, estate.
0: Yeah, you know, the, her the majesty. Estate. <laughs> The only one we recognize. The only, <laughs> the only, we only recognize. one we recognize. Salutes.
1: <laughs> you know. Um let's yeah, let's kick it off with Beyonce Renaissance.
0: Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you're gonna see this on a lot of top ten lists. I mean, we've that if I remember correctly, that podcast is a long one. It's about just waxing poetic. I mean, I think it's safe to say for me, and I think I said it last time when we actually reviewed the album, I don't think you're gonna singularly find any of my top like five or even ten beyonce songs on this album per se but as far of of a body of work as far as a beyonce album this is by far my favorite i think it's something where we kind of joke about concept albums, we kind of joke about bigger themes i just think that you know this this album of this like you know self-love with a heavy focus of, you know, black queer lens, even though she's not necessarily queer, it's a, it's an ode to, you know, people who kind of helped shape her, which she kind of, you know, right, rightfully acknowledged. I know there's some problematic things where people are like, well, you know, she's borrowing from bone culture, she's doing X, Y, Z. But I think that, and it was kind of interesting to see the album rollout where she's, you know, dodging those accusations, giving credits to where the credits do, showing up receipts, you know, trying to, trying to fight Kelly, Calise on the low. But, you know, At the end of the day, what do we have? We have a fantastic dance-slash-house music album done by a black woman, which calls back to the disco era, which calls back to the 80s, which calls back to the 90s, which stays fresh, and is just a fantastically put-together record. It's the kind of record where, I think, an R&B we haven't seen in a while, where, number one, is very upbeat, and number two, is very club-focused. And, you know, I think that the, the, the way this record made we're gonna be hearing like variations of this for the next five years and I am not fucking like unhappy about it at all by the end of the day.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, it's, it's just really interesting because it's 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 Beyonce kind of taking a lot of the things that have been happening in music. Um, you know, house music is, is kinda of coming back. There's outside Beyonce and Drake, you know, you had Megan Thee Stallion, you had like other people kinda of rapping over house beats. So like that whole arrow is kinda of coming back. Um, and, you know, I, I think Beyoncé just, like, added her own flair to it um, and made it pop, made it hot, made it, like, you know, this massive kind of album like he always does. And I, I think that's, there's a testament to that. Uh, not a lot of people can kind of do that and, and do it in a way um, that still feels authentic. And Beyoncé, you know, has been able to do that, which is just really interesting. And she's been able to kind of say you know, like pop music. I'm a pop star, but I'm gonna be in my own lane. I'm not gonna try to emulate, you know, what whatever. I'm not gonna try to do like I'm not gonna like try like partner with like a K pop act or something like that. Like I'm gonna do my thing. This is what interests me and I'm gonna do it at a very high level. And I think she she accomplished that. And I think like I think you're right. Not a lot of albums, not a lot of tracks here that are kinda like, oh man, this is like gonna be like my Beyonce album that you know, like, you know, you're, like, it's just, like, everywhere. But there's tracks that I just hear, just, like, you know, when I'm, like, shopping at Target, and I'm, like, bouncing my head. I was like, oh, it's Virgo's groove. You know, it's, like, there's, just, like, a lot Alien of tracks that...
0: Superstar, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That I think, like, you know, it might take a little bit of time for people to kind of, like, grasp onto, but I think you're right. Like, I, I think it's going to be... There's going to be some long-lasting tracks here just because it's, it's great music, you know, it's it's, it's really nice... Like outdoor club summer music, you know, so I think it's definitely gonna be a, a kind of a sleeper hit and I think some of these tracks are definitely gonna resonate from for years to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you are gonna you're gonna hear this album again, like it just dropped <laughs> when it gets a little bit warmer. It's just kinda like she just made a classic album. Um, I'll do the next one. Um There's these two guys from England, Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, you know, kinda guitarists, you know, multi instrumentalists, you know. Their other band is on hiatus. I so decided to kind of start a new band called The Smile. The reason why I bring it up this way is because I've seen them do play tiny music. <laughs> I've seen them do KPXP online. You know, it's you've got these, these musicians who are literally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who I think we could clearly say, as far as rock music is concerned, the most critically acclaimed rock band of our generation. And they basically brought it back to the fucking garage. Back to the garage days where it's just them, their instruments you know, no real experimentation for capital E, which is usually expected in their main gig as Radiohead, that is pumping out the jams. And, and I think what's kind of cool about this is the idea of where, and, you know, in the pandemic too, I think, we all kind of had to figure out what we like doing, you know, things kind of going back to the basics in a lot of different ways, trying to find the core. And it's kind of fascinating to kind of watch these musicians who they definitely should be, and, and sorry, I got to throw out some, some bars and some shots, you know, in the Dave Grohl era, where they kind of, you know, just doing music with, like, gospel bands for the, for the fuck of it. Or, you know, like, you know, there's a certain path as a rock musician where you kind of realize you've lost the kids and you've kind of do something else to kind of pay the bills and remix it. Maybe now doing, you know, old fucking country standards. Maybe I'm doing remixes, of, you know, an orchestra shot to Metallica, you know, but instead it is kind of, they're like, yo, we're going to go out here and compete with you indie fucks who, who are in your bag. We we can, we can go out here and we can tour. We can play. We're going to, we're going to bring it to fucking that level. And that's what's kind of fascinating. At the same time, you still have the music here that we're known for. It's still hauntingly beautiful. It's still deceptively complex in songwriting and musicianship. And it's just really well made music. And it's kind of cool seeing, like, you know, a good rock album. All things considered, for a genre which is definitely has its highs and lows, it's nice hearing like you know not the same cliched, you know, electrified guitar and drums. You just have these really two dope dudes kind of bringing it back to the essence of rock music, and they kind of murdered it. So you know, shots to them.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and and I think you know you're you're right when you say that rock rock you know rock has been dead i i would say and definitely almost dead creatively too i think for the past like decade or so um and you know like tommy or could be could go the dave Grohl route <laughs> i like dave Grohl. <laughs> respect to dave Grohl, he's still on these streets you know um but, you know, they, they yeah, they, they decided to kind of go back to that formula that made them great. And I think Radiohead is still one of the most unique rock bands, I think, like, out there for sure. And they're able to kind of do things that other rock bands just can't do. Like, they just not, like, nobody's going to have a Tom York voice. The melodies, um, just, like, the, the way that they're crafting their lyrics, like, the way that they're creating moods, um, they're just not going to, like... I don't know it's just like it's just not gonna happen and I just like re- remember listening to the album uh the track Panavision on this album and just being like whoa like this is I mean this takes me back to those times when I was like huge in the radiohead head when I was you know I was like oh man like that, that, it just kind of that rush of nostalgia and they were just able to kind of come back and do it again like, at a high level and to be honest like I, I like there's solo albums I've not been a huge fan of um, Tom York's solo albums, I, I think have been a little bit hit or miss for me, but you know, even with his, if this being not being the full band, I think there's enough there that it just kind of felt like um, this this Radiohead reunion or this Radiohead album that we've been missing for the past few years. Um, and you can kind of tell that even if say like apart, they're doing their own thing and they're playing around with other things. Like once they kind of get together, or at least like like him and Johnny get together. Um, there's enough there that they can structure it um, and make it that same foundation of Radiohead sounds while I'm kind of playing with some new things. So, um, shouts to them. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, we're going to keep it moving with our, our, our joint albums uh, that we liked in 2022. Um, Smino, Love for Rent. So, this album, I think, is... You know, I'm trying to remember this album versus the Saba album. I'm getting both confused, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick it to you right now because. Uh, no, I'll, I'll say it. I think Ufsmino, Uf, you know,
0: what, what's shocking for me is the fact of where. And why I think his album is kind of similar to Saba, right? So, you know, Saba came out a couple of, at least came on our radar, I should say, a couple of years ago with an album about mourning after his, like, really close collaborator. I think it was his cousin died. Um, I think what kind of struck me about that album was the fact of where it conveyed a mood. And even though it was doing a lot of hip-hop stuff, quote-unquote, um, it kind of veered into little things that almost felt like bluesy and R&B. Not in sounds, but definitely in theme. Um, I think what's kind of cool about Smito and Love for Rent is the fact of where, and I'm going to say something is going to be a little bit off, but you know, you always have that 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 uh, concept of like, you know, stop, man, you're you scaring away the, the hoes. You know, that concept. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and the thing is, I would make an argument, even a lot of the indie rapper resurgence, even though they're showing a more of a feminine side, even though they're showing more emotionality, I think there's certain things there that kind of still come up above, above to the surface where it's still, I won't say necessarily aggressiveness, but it's definitely not, it's, you know, there's issues being worked out. I think what I love about Love for Rent is that it's a very warm and, and almost embracing album. It's something where, you know, it reminds me, and it's just, I'm, I'm going to use a lot of words, but it's like, it reminds me a lot of like the Neo Soul era if that makes any word sense, or not yeah. necessarily sounding like a Neo Soul yeah. album. It's just warm it's friendly, it's cool. Even the fact that you would call it Love for Rent. And, I, I, I am, and I'm I, not gonna say like everything is sweet. I'm not gonna be like this album is daffodils. But there's something here, there's a warmth there which feels very almost live band life roots, live roots, the band roots, without necessarily, you know, having a live drummer, live bassist. It's just the idea of the, the world he's working with just feels very warm and inclusive and feels very like, you know, just old school. Kind of reminds me a little bit of what like at times uh, What Pink Sifu Kind of dabbles in Again Not necessarily yeah. in lyrics Or even in sound But just the way They're able to invoke This classic Like black 70s This warm Kind of en- enveloping Kind of thing and, and I think that's What kind of For me What separates it more Because like I said When I listened to it I was like Alright cool little, some smooth dope. Let me hit the rippity raps You know Probably had it On my fucking headphones Probably go for a run Probably in the MTA And I was like Oh shit Like this is some Like shit I could play Like at a lounge At like fucking 2am You know And again Not scared of hoes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean and that's and that's the thing too. I mean, um like like you have like Ninety Proof, which I think is like the single <laughs> you know yes. um uh, with J. Cole, which I you know, like solid hip hop album, pro freak with Dochi. Dochi, like goes off. Uh fat it's like just like a crazy combination there. Um yeah, but, but I think you're right. It's like this really interesting organic combination of like really great production that is definitely rooted really more in R and B, soul, etc. But then also too, like there's this kind of like, like yeah, like even like the lyrics, like it just sounds more like a like a a soundtrack to a movie in a weird way. Um, that's really interesting um, with some of the interludes as well. And I think also too, it's just like this. It's it's a very lush, almost R and B filled album, which I guess you can't. Like, as some hip-hop dudes, like, might, like, say, like, stick to rapping, but, like, the fact that I think he's kind of playing around with some stuff and having, like, you know, Lucky Day on there, Raven Linnae on there, I think it's really interesting. Um, and, yeah, no, I I think it's, like, it's an album that I think definitely is very cohesive, and it's an album that I think that you you can tell there's a vision there. And you know, there's there's an album that we'll talk about later that has a vision too that didn't <laughs> re- make our <laughs> our top ten list. Um, but I I think this album just like kind of felt a little bit more um, organic in a way where it's just like it, the vision feels like natural as opposed to something where it's like I need to tell the story. You agreed, know? agreed. Um, so yeah, no, def, definitely. Uh, shouts shouts to Smino. Um, you know, I. Definitely enjoyed this album. Played it a lot.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's it's. I think as I said, it's it, it, it stayed on theme without being heavy handed, and it's the idea of where it's just the warm, the lushness. Where what I like about it is that it could have been very easily. Could have, you know, and then we've we've seen it. Like that was my big issue of the the um, the Fivio Foreign album, where it's like out of nowhere you've got all these crossover R and B shout outs, and it seems very forced and hammered in. With Smino, even though it's you know heavily soul influenced, and he's not necessarily known as that artist. It's still blending in seamlessly, so it is found like another, you know, to quote Wu Tang, another, another, chamber of the of what he's able to kind of bring to the table. So, I, so I loved it a lot. I um, will do the next band. This is a band that we don't really talk about here. It's a new band, <laughs> you know. It's a band that, uh, yeah, it's 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 these. Hopefully, these guys will one day make it. It's, uh, it's a some mysterious bands. Um, we kind of have an idea of who are some of the members. They're a band called Salt from the UK, and uh, hopefully, they make it in the industry.
1: well i I, I still feel like they are unknown like i still am telling people about this band it's it's almost three years later and i think it is the fact that they're mysterious unknown there's no kind of like brand i mean there's branding but there's no like photos of them we kind of know who they are but we don't really know um could just be all ai you know (laughs) Um, Dang,
0: that's <laughs> terrifying, but quite possible.
1: <laughs> but uh but no, I mean it's, it's definitely a band that we've talked about <laughs> probably way too much on the show. <laughs> but again, they like, they come out and they just drop stuff randomly. Like, I think they said like, "Hey, we're going to drop something this weekend," and end up being like f- five albums, like five gigs worth of mu- music just out of the blue. And you're just kind of like, what the hell? And then out of those five gigs, I mean, I I feel like there's so many quality gems here. And I think the album that we both gravitated towards um, is, yeah, it's the best out of the bunch for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think I want to go into a little side topic. I I feel like a lot of, you know, it sucks being a musician. You have to go out there. you You have to do press you know, nowadays you have to go out there and be on, online a lot. And I hear a lot about kind of separating the musician or the music from the artist, per se. Um, obviously, I remember like uh, years ago, I remember Death Grips was like, look, we just make music. We don't really like touring. Like any of this shit is like, one day in the future, maybe you'll see a Death Grips, it'll be somebody else. You've got Doom with his quote-unquote Bots, where he would go for performances and it'd be like somebody else, you know, Hannibal Buress <laughs> might show up as <laughs> Doom. And I think there's this idea of where, you know, a lot of times the artist kind of outside is bigger than the music. I think for a lot of artists, though, that's part of it. You know, a Dave Bowie wants to present something, a Madonna wants to present something, a Jay Z wants to present something. But, you know, a lot of musicians kind of just want to be a musician. You know, going back to the idea of how we discussed about radiohead i remember very earlier on the, the big thing of radiohead is the bigger they became how you know infamously tom york was like i hate all this shit and was kind of against touring and he can kind of pushing it because he wanted the music to speak first he's kind of s- settled into being more of a you know uh you know a rocks elder rock statesman you know bigging up small acts you know again ironically enough a huge doom fan too um I think what's kind of awesome about Salt is the fact of where if anybody can kind of find a way of just making it about the music and kind of still making buzz, it's been them. You know, even though we kind of know Cleo soul, we kind of know the producer, we kind of know the names. For the most part, all they do is sit out and and drop gems and let the music speak for itself. And, And I think what's kind of cool about it is that, you know, going back to me and Stones fandom, you know it's just it builds a weird connection to the audience where I, I can't even say weird but it builds a unique connection to the audience which I think in this era of streaming I think in this era of just like YouTube things kind of recommending to you feels a little bit more intimate even though we don't know who the fuck they are
1: <laughs> yeah no definitely and I think this album is really interesting too just because it, it's basically it's it's a it's a it's a religious album you know and I think it's a religious album that, you know, does Donda and Donda 2 way better, right? You know, it's kind of like spiritual themes, you know, themes around, like, religion, God, uh, etc. But just done in the salt style. And it's like, I, I don't know if they're even religious. I just felt like they are like, oh, this is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I, I think it's just, like, uh, incredible. I, I just love the, the like, uh, their, like, what they bring to the table is, is hard to describe. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's like every music has the same notes and chords and, and structure, but they, they find a way to kind of always can kind of reinvent the wheel. And I mean, this is after like 10 albums, like, the, the, more than 10 albums, and it, it just feels like they have done more than a lot of people, like, well, more albums than a lot of people have done in their careers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're still finding new ways to like reinvent themselves like you know like there's like in that cluster of that five gigabyte cluster or whatever um you know there's like that one album that was like more kind of psychedelic, there's the one album that's a little bit more kind of like orchestral, like they're kind of playing around with different styles and themes and things like that um and it seems like they're just having fun, which is which is kind of like I think a lot of musicians just wanna do like you said, like they just wanna play. Um, and they're afforded that luxury, um, you know. And the crazy thing is, like, this is everybody's side job. <laughs> this is not even yeah. their, <laughs> their main breadwinner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shouts to them. I'm I'm sure they'll be back, uh, you know, 2023 on a best of list for sure.
0: Well, well four albums,
1: <laughs>
0: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think now, now we go into the individual choices. These are the choices that we went back to our own labs, separate labs, and caves somewhere to debate on. Uh, I will start off now with, I'm gonna annihilate her name proudly, Nilifer Yanya. Painless. Um, Singer-songwriter, I believe based, primarily based in the UK. I forget her background specifically. Um, She made waves with her previous album, was getting all the pitchfork nods. This is her latest one. Singer-songwriter, primary instrument is usually guitar. This one is a little more upbeat, a little bit more poppy. I think the reason why this stayed with me is the fact of, I think in general, there's been an issue, well, you know, in indie rock in general, they kind of pick their lane to kind of stay into it. This is going to be this kind of song, this is going to be that kind of song. I think what she does here is really well. It's a good intersection of indie rock, pop, and soul without leaning to any of them. I think her songs are upbeat and smart without actually necessarily falling into the indie, indie rock trap. I think her songs are soulful, but as soulful as somebody can get from, you know, you could tell somebody who's not a soul singer, perhaps. And I think that even though there's some guitar work which kind of easily could lend into more aggressive things, she kind of tails it really well. It's just something where, you know, and it's gonna sound like a diss, but it's not really. I think a lot of times you get a lot of milk toast like indie rock artists who should be like, you know, I remember back in the days when, when Starbucks used to have CDs on the corner. <laughs> Like, you know, like the most bland, inoffensive, just generic ass songwriting. I think she's somebody where it could easily fall into that pattern, but her musical choices are so smart. Her lyrics are so interesting. The way she arranges everything where it's very subtly laid back, but not really, is just really well made. And I think what's kind of cool is the fact of where this year, there's probably been like a hundred of these albums dropped. But she's clearly the best out of all of them. And I want to kind of give her props to where, you know, a corner that's definitely been played as far as music is, music is concerned. She's found new ways to kind of play it out, and make it sound interesting. So that's why it's on my list.
1: Yeah. No, I, I definitely need to check this out. Uh, I love her her music. I, I feel like it's very melodic, things like that. But it has like this weird like kind of punk un- undertones, like something is yes. slightly off kilter. But it's like you only, like, notice it, like, you know, if you're really listening. It's just like, it's, yeah, she brings a lot to the table. So, I would definitely check that out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll continue. All right. So, Billy Woods. Another name I can't pronounce. A A, I think Ethi- Ethiopia is. I think it's, it's supposed to be Ethiopia. But I'll, I don't know if the A is pronounced. Um, Again, Billy Woods, one of Reggie's faves. I pick him up all the time. I think he's probably one of the best writers we have out there. And I'm not even talking about rap. Pen Game. He should write for The New Yorker. He's somebody where I've called him the Port Laureate of the end times. He's somebody where kind of describing the way the world's kind of changing. You know, the way that, you know, you know, the, the way. And I won't necessarily go too political. But, you know, we're all kind of going in a certain direction. You know, I don't think the world's any place where we want it to be. We all kind of know who's at the end of the rope as far as who's suffering the easiest there, who's on the front lines as the kind of the world ends. And I think he does a really great way of kind of portraying this. I think generally... At least in some recent records, he's been very focused on, you know, that New York shit, where it's just like, you know, Grandmother in the Corner, Single Moms over here. With this record, he kind of pulls it back a little bit. The first track is about basically um, an African dictator living elsewhere, kind of hiding under the radar. Um, I know this is a record of preservation, who's known strictly for just insane worldwide crate digging, where he'll go to the deep fucking... This dude will be like in some Indonesian record shop somewhere in the basements <laughs> pulling <laughs> that <laughs> wax out of nowhere. <laughs> and I think that's what kind of makes us good where... Not necessarily to call this a quote-unquote world record, but it's definitely got a wider view. And I think that with Billy Woods being such a talented writer, and I think of having preservation as such a talented producer, it is kind of fits together where even though you know, it's not hyper-focused on, on, on like, East New York shit, perhaps, is the themes are definitely, like, you know, universal. And I think what's kind of cool about this is the fact of, again, somebody who's been at the game many times, you got, there's a lot of records like this that have existed in general, as a general, you know, in underground hip-hop, quote-unquote terms. And even Billy Woods has been doing Billy Woods at a really high level for the past, like, you know, five years plus, probably 10 years. But uh, what's cool about this is that it still sounds fresh. It still sounds new. So props to him. Um, next one for me is Pusha T, Almost Dry. I know a lot of people kind of forgot this it came out this year. It came out relatively early, I think February or March. Um, Pusha T, Almost Dry. I don't know. Um, I think it's Pusha T with extremely crazy bars. I think having Pharrell back into the fold, helping with the production, definitely gives it a more experimental edge. Um, I think as far as he's concerned as far as an artist, even though he's somebody in the game for a minute, arguably I can say he's middle aged. He's definitely in his forties now, early forty, forty one, forty two. Yeah. Um, he still raps. Like he he's trying to out rap you. Like he is not lazy. He could easily be out there, you know, carry them fucking good music checks. R I P. This year, until you know indefinitely. But he's somebody who kind of came into the booth very hungry, and I think that's an awesome thing to kind of do um next one for me so glow diaspora problems um punk band have kind of b- bigged up before in the past they play in a very aggressive um form of hardcore think bad brains think minor threats um what's cool about them is the fact of way of where they filter it through i think the issue a lot of times when we kind of get lost in a lot of these movements for restorative justice you know, for kinda of healing misogyny, patriarchy, white supremacy. It's very lofty ideals, right? It's very much like we're gonna go out there and fight a good fight and you know Martin Luther King is a noble person and you know the the black people are out there up front, you know, they aren't being non violent, they're trying to change things through love. And I think what kind of gets lost is for everybody involved, how stressful it is, how stressful it is to be a woman, how stressful it is to be poor, how stressful it is to be black. And you definitely have anthems that are angry. You definitely have anthems that are noble. Yeah, definitely have anthems that are about the sadness of all of those things, but never anthems about the what the fuckness of it all. Like, holy fuck, this is crazy shit. Yeah. Like, I am what the fuck. And I think Diaspora Problems does that really well. And I think that you know, if you want to good showcase, the first song, and I think it's a single, is "Who's Gonna Beat My Ass." You know, starts off, you know, "Who's Gonna Beat My Ass?" You know, almost bragging, but then it, as the song goes, it gets angrier and darker. It's just like you know, he's at his wits' end. Like he's like, he's got a gun in his pocket. He's drunk. He's in the street, and it's just like all he's screaming is, "Can I live? Can I live? Can I live?" And I think that what's kind of gets lost in a lot of the sauce is the fact of where what a stress it takes down on you. And I think there's a reason why, you know, even beyond, you know, issues of, you know, health, you know, a lot of minorities suffer from like mental health issues just because those stresses are real and they're always there and there's no real outlet for it. And I think of Soul Glow is the fact of where if punk has always been an outlet for the disenfranchised to kind of speak out, you know, they've kind of ha- nailed this niche of where, it's even though it's very angry, even though it's very pissed off, it's also very human. It's not about the fact of where, hey, we're suffering out here as poor people, we're suffering out here as queer people, we're suffering out here as black people. It's the fact of where, yo, I'm fucking human. It's just like fucked up. Like it's not, yeah. I don't have to march, it's just fucked up. Um, another name with annihilate, that's all I'm doing Charlotte Adigere and Bolis Pupul, topical dancer. Um, dope record. Dance record, going back to the Beyonce shout-out, um, with a socio-political edge, they do playful songs. They went viral for a minute because it's one record where she's basically kind of laughing, and that's the timbre of the song. She's kind of laughing on beat, and at, t- at times even on fucking melody. Um, it's a playful album. It's, it's something where it's definitely got something on its mind as far as you know, misogyny is concerned, as far as patriarchy is concerned, but it does it in a playful way. These aren't going to be raised against machine raps, She's not out here, kind of blowing your mind with these awesome takes. Is it's just like, hey, maybe just don't like grab my ass at the club. You know what I'm saying? Very simple, one-on-one things, but with that same kind of cheekiness, which I think I love.
1: Yeah, I'll say this like it's the most sarcastic and like I don't know, just like yeah, like sarcastic album I've heard from from a black person. <laughs> 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 you know, it's just it's very cheeky. It's very like you know. Um, like I don't know. It's just like, it's very kind of like, yeah, I'm going to say this, but obviously I don't mean it type of thing, type of lyrics and type of playfulness that I haven't heard. So, yeah, definitely check this out, y'all. This is a good album.
0: Yeah. And then finally, uh, I'll end it. Um, this is an album I probably won't recommend to everyone, but uh, it's an interesting one Chat Pile God's Country. Um, long story short, they play a very aggressive form of like Norris rock metal. Um, you had a lot of lord bands in the 80s and 90s. That were kind of playing something a similar style. Uh, Steve Albini, superstar producer, produced Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins. I remember he was a big in the scene. He's one of the innovators. He had a band called Rape Man. You know, it's something where it's always been because because the music is so ugly. You know, you had all these young kind of teens kind of playing this kind of aggressive music and kind of being very puerile, very misogynistic, even though they didn't mean it to at times. Because even he's apologized for some of those records. And it's kind of blended into like a, a ugly kind of moss, which is fun. You know, sometimes you need ugly ass shit. You know, there's a reason why, you know, you have some shooting up, bang, bang shooting hip hop. There's a reason why you've got, you know, a band like Undeath talking about human human chandeliers and death metal. Um, what I think find fascinating about Chat pile is the fact of where by the older minutes, they've been making an amusing game for a very long time. They've been playing mus- musicians for like, you know, they're definitely in the late 30s. They're like we're not new to this. We're true to this. We had a lot of different type of bands. And what's kind of cool about this record is the fact that they kind of take that same kind of ugly music idea, this, this mishmash of like fucked up corn from the 90s to like goth flesh of the 80s and kind of make it very soci- sociopolitical. You know, they've got songs that are just literally called Why. It's like, why are they homeless? Like, why? And it's just him kind of repeating that phrase over and over again. It's just like, I wouldn't want to live in the street. And it's just like almost like a mantra. But while that's happening, you just have this this vicious, just just like spitting in your face, kind of this metal sludge in the background. And I, I think what's kind of cool about it is the fact of where, in general, going back to Soul Glow, it's very easy to make angry music that's just angry. You know? Yeah. We're all angry, particularly the youth. It's very easy to make angry music, particularly if you're a white male, because that's what you're sold. Very, very, you know, Fight Club, very this, very that. It's, it's a very easy outlet. It's a very fun outlet. We've all, not we've all, but you know, you see kids at Moshing just going nuts. It's fun. I'm not going to say that. But I think what's kind of cool is the fact that even they kind of recognize like, yo, the world's fucked up. If we're gonna play this kind of weird fucked up music, which has its own fucking kind of niche, you know, we've gotta make it something socio political. So even when they play live, you know, he shows up in pajamas, his shirt's off half the time, it's kind of ranty, and he's like he's like, Yeah, you know, we live life, we play video games, we have wives, you know, some of us have kids, but at the end of the day, we know the world's fucked up, and if we're gonna play this fucked up music, we wanna put it into your face. And I kinda of applaud that because it's a very unique record where I think the idea was in the Trump era we'd have a lot of fucked up punk bands and a lot of fucked up music kind of speaking truth to power, and we did. And I think it's kinda of as a lineage of that kind of like line of where it's like, yo. Shit is not sweet, and you motherfuckers need to kind of look into the, into the swarm and kind of deal with the fact of where you really can't hide anymore. It's it, it's right here. The zombies are at the gates. You know what I'm saying? And I and that's why yeah. I love this record. God, Chad Pals, God Country.
1: Word. All right. That that's dope. Like I I always feel like you you bring uh, such a variety of albums to the table, Reg. Because
0: I, I have because I have no life and all I do is in the music stone.
1: Like, like I <laughs> I you know. My problem is the algorithm is like recommending me (laughs) the same five albums. I'm never gonna get a chat pal. I'm never gonna, like, they they know, like, like, they're never gonna give me a soul glow. You but know. the
0: algorithm hooked me up. I was listening to some Antifa, Scottish Antifa, black metal, spoken word punk this weekend. Shouts to Ashen Sphere, hostile architecture. was the name of the album? I mean, the algorithm wants in the blue moon. The, the robots on some like. Let me give him some. <laughs> I know he's black, but let me give him something that's not just nigger shit.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I wish I got that, dude. My, my algorithm <laughs> is like, you're black. You want hip hop and R B all the time. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of algorithm This is definitely an artist um, I'm going to go in my list um, This is definitely an artist that um, I found I believe through the algorithm And Spotify for some reason Continues to play Her music anytime I press play I think I'm listening to something else And it's like they're always going to throw Yaya Bay in there So nice. I have to be the top like 1% of her listeners um, But I've already talked about this album Way too much, but so you know it's on my the, on the top ten. Um, yeah, yeah, bae, Remember your North Star. Um, definitely my favorite R and B album of the year, like hands down. Um, production is insane. Uh, the lyricism, like the you know the atmosphere of this album, is great. Um, I definitely feel like it is an, an overlooked album, and I definitely feel like it's something where I feel like this artist is about to blow up. Probably like you know this is her second album, maybe the third third album. People will start catching on. Um, I, I mean, there's not much else I can say other than to, to really listen to this album. It's great, great R and B, great production. Um, I, I <laughs> they need she needs to pay me now. I feel like I'm, I'm PR, <laughs> you know, if I want to say some more. Uh, but now check it out for sure. Uh, my next album, uh, which as a surprise, is not on your your list, Reg. Mm-hmm. Nas, King's Disease Three.
0: You can't give them the flowers early. You got to have them work up. <laughs> 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 got to set a line. It's definitely a comeback, though.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this is probably my favorite hip hop album of the year, for sure. Um, it just feels like I was not checking for this in a way that you know, you know, because like you know, a Nas album dropping you know, it's generally a a huge thing in the hip-hop world, especially for old heads, but, you know, King's Disease 1 was good, I think 2 was a little eh, Uh, and I think based off of that, I'm kind of like, well, maybe Nas is going into his Jay-Z phase, you know, like, you know, kind of like, he'll put out some stuff, but it's it's not going to be fire. Maintain the brand,
0: baby! Maintain the brand!
1: (laughs) Uh, Having that said... Um, maybe Nas, like, Listen to Me and, like, all of his other haters. And, like, the fire in this album, I think, is just incredible. I think, you know, just, like, the way that he comes and he comes and he's bringing in 110. Um, I have, I've not really heard that from a hip-hop artist in a long time. And, and I feel like I, a lot of hip-hop, you know, not to diss it is very much like kind of your, you know, a lot of the hip hop I listen listen to your Saba's and things like that. It's definitely like kind of like laid back Kendrick model and maybe I'll have a track where I'll do like, you know, I'll, I'll go to a hundred, but this album, I think it's, it's all like just fierce, fierceness that I haven't seen in in the hip hop arts in a long time. So um, it's just like good to hear and, Again, like I'm happy that it's like Nas doing this. I'm happy it's, that it's one of the greats kind of coming back and reclaiming the throne. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely my favorite hip hop album of the year for sure. Um,
0: yeah, no, it's out of all the elders, like, you know, going back to the idea of a Jay Z, he's somebody where he's reinventing himself in a way where, to be honest with you, I thought Drake would have done already.
1: Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about Drake. Drake is nowhere near this episode, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> you know but again like I, I think like Nas kind of coming back you know and, and with this fire i think can hopefully inspire somebody like drake right who's had like you know a, a run of midness <laughs> that you know i i think he knows and he recognizes and maybe that will inspire him to kind of come back out and i think like again like it's kind of like So you need albums like this to kind of push the culture forward and inspire people and get people back in the booth. So I think this Nas album is probably going to do that. Um, So next on my list is West Side Gun. uh, (laughs) Griselda! Which is another, I think, um, I think should also inspire people. Uh, Griselda has been out here. I I don't know how many mixtapes they drop. Um, I I don't even like, apparently this is a mixtape. It's not even an album. Um, which is probably true because there's, there's uh, like a few tracks in here that I felt like were recorded on an iPhone. And you can kind of <laughs> tell, like, you know, w- but again, like, like, you know, I like throwbacks, I like that throwback to the Dat Piff era, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, they changed the sample to, at the last minute because <laughs> I couldn't get it cleared, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed this album. Um, you know, some people are saying, like, oh, this is not what's, what's that gun's best album but i think the production's great i think like what what he's doing on this album is incredible he had like pete rock swiss Beats, alchemist rizza producing on this album so it's like heavy hitters on the production end um and it's just like a great grimy east coast album like when it's raining outside and cold and miserable and you gotta like walk to the subway and you're pissed off (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> definitely Tim's and Jeans. you
1: know like it definitely sets the mood um the storytelling is great you know um so yeah no shouts, shouts to West Side Gun um and it's like an album that I think some people are kind of like why is this on your list like but I saw it appear on a few other hip hop album lists as well so I'm I'm not dumb um but no it's a, it's a great album um and it's definitely an album I kind of like went back to um So the next one is uh, from my boy Jamal, Jamal Padmore. Um, He was in this band called The Carps that I really started following way back in the day, like in the 2000s. Then he's in another band, another Canadian band called Thunder Heist um, as well. Uh, Kind of like, you know, I would say dropped out of the limelight for a little bit. uh, Kind of came back with this album. Uh, It's a very interesting, personal, introspective album. Um, he's just been kind of, I think He's back in Toronto And he's just kind of, you know Started writing again during the pandemic Like a lot of people So it's kind of reflective of that um, I've always loved his voice I've always said he's had one of the best voices You know, in, in, in the game And he doesn't do R&B But he, he basically does, like, rock music But he has a soulful R&B voice on top of it You know um, And, you know, he's worked with, like, Mastercraft And a couple other people, like, you know like In the game um, and this album, I think, is just, like, a really interesting kind of mishmash of those sounds of R&B, rock, hip-hop. Um, but in a way that I think is just a really interesting. And I think it's a very personal album, too. And maybe it's just because I, I, I know him personally. Um, you know, I kind of can resonate with some of the lyrics and things like that. So, um, yeah, that, that, that definitely got a lot of spins um, for me. And that made my top ten. Uh, so, yeah, keeping it moving saba a few good things mixed up with the smino album but i think they're both complementary i think like both of these albums uh play off of of each other they kind of have the same vibe they kind of have the same kind of like uh atmosphere that they're creating um you know i i think the saba album i think saba is i will say a better lyricist i think that you know from a lyrical perspective i think saba has been one of my favorite uh emerging rappers for a long time um but yeah i, I think it's definitely something where you can kind of tell it doesn't seem like they're made in the same studio but you kind of tell like they're, they're kind of going for the same vibe um i would say this album like few good things with black thought um is great aaron allen Keynes on this album which i love like just great vocalists if you ever need somebody to sing the hook <laughs> aaron's got you <laughs> um you know also from chicago um you know like i, I just think that um like and spinos on this album too which is which is actually kind of funny um <laughs> so uh but no it's, it's it's a great album um definitely in terms of just like the way that he's like you know kind of morphing into like you know the sound and the way he's kind of continuing to evolve is 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 really fascinating to me um so definitely check that out and last on my list uh we have Denzel Curry which uh yeah. <laughs> I was actually I was telling reg before this it's like this album felt like I couldn't figure out what my 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 number ten would be and it's almost like a wild card playoff game where this album kind of won by one point because I was not expecting this to be in my top 10. But one of the things I like about my top 10 is that it's not really based on quote-unquote quality per se. It's it's based on how many times have I played this album, how many times have I gone back to this album. You know, of all the things I do every day, (laughs) you know, I'm working, you know, like I'm doing all this house shit, like things like that. Like, if I can come back to your album, like, a few times, then you're doing something. Uh, and this album, I think, is just, like, really impressive from a production level. Um, you know, working with, like, Glasper and um, a couple other guys on there. But then also, too, it's, like, Denzel Curry is just, like, a very interesting uh, MC. Where I think... And I'm not saying he's the best MC, but he's always kind of... Like, he's fallen into this kind of, like, really interesting... Kind of like um, boom bap hip hop lane, which I was not expecting him to do, and he's just killing these beats, and he's just working with great producers, and he's you know he's working you know with Saul Williams, and he's doing an album that you expect like a Saba or a Smino or a Kendrick to do, but you know I think we all thought he was like a SoundCloud dude. You know,
0: SoundCloud extension, just just aggro beats and screaming.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's just like really interesting to kind of see him kind of like level up and step his game up and kind of try new things. And, you know, there's some like Lucy's on that he did with Blasper too that I'm just kind of like, man, like this, this guy can really. I, I think the fact that he does kind of have this kind of aggro kind of tone over these kind of laid back beats is such a really interesting combination. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I want more. I, I listen to this album a lot, you know? So yeah, definitely check, check it out and props to Denzel Curry. Yeah, no, for it for
0: me, it's the same thing as I, who would have thought that he'd be the one to kind of, you know, and no, this to him is just the fact of that, that kind of, when they first came out with the SoundCloud rappers, Raider to clean everybody else, it was always a really heavy punk vibe, simple, aggro hip hop to its essence form. And it's kind of cool to see him kind of level up and become more of a te- tactician, as far as rhymes concerned. As far as finding textures, as far as getting into R and B, he's somebody where he's growing. And and the scary thing is he's still young, so it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see like like how he morphs and changes. I know a couple of times I've been like, ah, oh, this interesting shit sucks, yada yada yada. I don't know if I want to rap anymore. And, and I kind of hope he does just because it's kind of cool to see, like, already he's in a lot of interesting things in the medium. So I would love to see him kind of switch around. Maybe he'll do a hip-hop, hip house album. Who knows? But he's somebody where he's definitely, he. you could tell he's a rapper. He's a rapper's rapper. He knows, he's focused on the art of rapping where he might not necessarily have, you know, he may not have A++ in any particular category, but you could tell he's aiming to be, you know, a fantastic lyricist, solid of the fucking flows, you know, having good song content. So it's going to be interesting to see him kind of like, you know, find new lanes and etch out new things in stone in hip hop. So props to him. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, I'll start this off. There's a rapper out there, young, you know what I'm saying, trying to make it, you know, trying to do certain things. You know, we wanted to make sure that he gets a shout out. In our podcast we want, him to, we want him to come back because this is a good album Should have been a great album But we don't know why Could have hit those heights I'm talking about a Mr. Kendrick Lamar Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers
1: Yeah the most honorable Of honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I This was like a tough one for me I actually went out to Instagram And polled people and said like Hey this is making your album top 10, and it's like 50-50, yes, no, uh, which is really interesting. Um, the knocks on this album are really interesting. Like the, like, the knocks for me are not the knocks that other people have about this album, where, like, other people are like, well, there's no bops. And I'm like, well, I I mean, I don't know. I wasn't expecting like bops from Kendrick, you know, uh, Pimple Butterfly, other than All Right, which I don't think was intended to be a bop. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> as, you know, it's not like a lot of bops on there. Like, Swimming pools is, is a bop, I guess, but it's not supposed to be, you know? So um, I've never expected that from Kendrick. I just think it, it it it's an album that I think he felt like he needed to try hard because that's his expectation. But then he rapped about how he felt like he needed to try hard. And I think, like, it was, like, a weird thing where he, he maybe he tried too hard. Maybe it was just, like, a little bit too, like, you know, cinematic, but cinematic in a way that was just, like, not an album I went back to You know it was not an album I was just like oh man like this like This is one track that I really love And I think like that's that's my, my knock with this album It's just like it just felt like It didn't feel like something that grabbed me It didn't feel like something that like I really was like Wanting to come back to three, two, three, four, five, six times I don't know if it's supposed to be that album You know I think Kendrick Wanted you to think and listen And kind of be introspective even though he's rapping about like how like his fans or the media wanna prop him up to be this introspective guy. Um, but that that was my beef with it. It wasn't the the lack of bops, it was just like an album that kind of felt like it it, it was very rich. And I think it's almost like having like too many slices of cake. <laughs> it's so rich, it's hard so hard to digest, you know.
0: Yeah, no. I have a question for you, Sona, actually. Yeah. Do you think perhaps, since a lot of it dealt with toxicity, as far as men is concerned, as far as our relationship, do you think that even Kendrick has always been kind of able to do the sugar and the sweets? Do you think because there was an extra focus on this kind of like toxicity that we're really dealing with on a day to day that that's why it didn't go down as sweet, perhaps?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I know we talked about like you know um, his like family and you know family member you know coming out as as trans and what that was doing with him and just like the whole like uh, the one album like uh, was it we love together or whatever that track that one track is just like you know you I can't listen to that on repeat and I think yeah it's like it's very much like it's it's weird because it doesn't feel it's not like dark like you know. I don't know, like, horrorcore dark. But it's definitely, like, dark to the point where yeah, you don't have those interludes. You definitely have to kind of be in that mindset to process it. Um, and, yeah, like, there's nothing, there is no, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, you know, Kendrick has done tracks with, like, you know, Taylor Swift and shit. Like, there's no, like, pop or whatever track to break it up. So I think you might be right there.
0: You know, it's, I, I think the more I think about it, maybe it's because it's... You know, there's always a lot to process albums. You know, we talked about Saba. Saba wrote a very dark, depressing album about a dark depressing time of his life. I think of I think of Kendrick though, it's it's interesting because it's him working through things in real time, but I think what makes it kinda interesting is it's him working through things in real time without find a real resolution. So, you know, you've got a lot of concept albums where it's like, hey, you know, we hit a point where whatever the theme is, whatever it could be about the narrator going through some stuff, it could be I don't know about, you know, the life of trees, but there's a resolution and I think what kind of gets it is not necessarily to say it's a messy album. You know, R&B is definitely known for its messy albums, but it's the idea of where, hey, you know, we're dealing with a lot of very real street-level stuff. Like, that song, you know, that we love together, that's triggering as shit. Even for me, who's never really been in a toxic capital T relationship, I've been in bad relationships. So even then, it's like, it's so triggering. I think that it's interesting because it's a mirror to himself, like you said, as somebody who's going to therapy, somebody's dealing with their own issues, somebody's dealing with the, the the insanity of fame, and he's putting a mirror to there. And at the same time, he's also putting in content, which kind of also is very, you know, relatable to us in a weird way where, like I said, even though All Right was written by like Pharrell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though we're talking about like, you know, things about struggle and about everything else, there's always, not necessarily a bop, but there's always a lighted tunnel. But like you said, it's very, it's it's definitely asking a lot of questions and not letting its foot off your neck the entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a good way to summarize it. It's definitely asking a lot of questions and not a lot of answers, or just just it, it's it's got you in the corner <laughs> while <laughs> screaming those questions to you. And yeah. it's you know, I, I think unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, you know, like we listen to these albums for entertainment. You know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think we want to, you know, and I think hip-hop does a really great job of narrative storytelling and kind of, like, transforming you and, and kind of transporting you to, like, different places that you may or may not, like, have access to, right, or, or different places that, you know, you, you, you know about and you kind of want to relate to. And I think, like, maybe it was just, like, a bit too intense with this album, where it's like, we're transported there. And we can't get out you know
0: yeah no it's, it's hard to want to stay in like you know i'm about to break up our <laughs> world <laughs> for like you know a very uncomfortable like you know we're at the dinner table crying you know we're yelling at each other on the phone you know that 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 one instance of of just like pure animosity and i i think that's like i guess it's, it's going to be a record i think that it'll be very influential I think it's a very good, well-made record. I think that he was, what he was aiming for, he hit. It's going to be interesting, though, because you kind of fall into the aspect of, you know, listener expectation versus the art itself. And I, and I think that's going to be interesting. I think it's a record we kind of have to have distance to to kind of really appreciate, which is why it's our honorable mention. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. And uh, that's it. 2022 closed. The next podcast will be about 2023, you know, crazy shit. The return of Rihanna, you know, rumors of a new Hove album, rumors of a new Beyonce part two. I
1: heard about that. Yeah,
0: we forgot about that. That was a lot of rumors. Some yeah, somebody from her, you know, somebody spilled the beans, and they got hit with the the Illuminati came and, and took them away in the, I, the black trucks.
1: You know, I, I want I want like a, a a Beyonce Rihanna drop on the same day. You know, like like Brandy and Monica, or, or I can't do that. Kanye I have black women in my lives.
0: I can't. I can't. I'll never be able to. I'd have to go into hiding.
1: You got to pick one or much. the other. You got to pick one yeah, or the it's other. Too much. Like, too, too much. Yeah. It's... You, you got to pick one. You know, like. <laughs> that, are you a Brandy? That, are you a Monica? <laughs>
0: that, that that's like super Saiyans throwing fireballs at each other in the sky. I can't. I won't. That's too much chaos.
1: <laughs> they need to bring that back, though. I'll I'll be there for it. I'll be there for it. <laughs>
0: Shit. I was gonna say the last time but look, maybe maybe that's Kanye's origin story. That was the last time, you know, Kanye versus fucking fifty cents. That was the last time I could think of the last time where he had the, the two drops. Yeah. Cool out so Yeah. Maybe that's how maybe that's where the world broke. There was a portal opened up during those sales. <laughs>
1: the, <laughs> the, the sad thing is, like, we're so divided as a world. Like I could see like the you know, like like if that happened. Like the the Kanye people storming like the offices of like I don't know Universal or whatever, when, when like <laughs> maybe Kanye gets outsold and now it's just gonna be like a fucking you know like January sixth of uh, music fans. I can I can see that, but sadly, you know, like they storm the music label offices.
0: <laughs> but, I, but here's the problem, though. I, I think that you know back in the days. You know, it it was cool. I, I think now, like, what rapper do you deal with? If you can't do that at West Side Gun. You you'll get shot. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot of shootings. It'll be like Kanye stands. Go to Buffalo <laughs>
1: Massacre. It's true, but again, like everybody also has guns, so you know, uh, this is going in a different direction. <laughs> but-
0: actually we're talking about he who would not be should should not be named i guess we're making fun so that's fine welcome
1: to 2023 (laughs) y'all Alrighty, more of the same (laughs) more more of the same (laughs) but as usual we love y'all it's been
0: another year thank you for listening thank you for standing by us thank you for standing by yourselves we fucking made it we're still fucking alive we're still breathing we're still talking shit hug motherfuckers you love, middle finger to the ones you hate, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.